They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. I'm your host, Ron Pashery. I'm here with my good friends, Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome with no European champion to be found. Yeah, I have to say, am I the only one who feels a little weird? This is the first non-unsanctioned show that we've done without uh, Alo. Feeling weird? No, that's never my style. uh, (laughs) No, I mean, it's... uh... I mean, obviously, I miss my best friend. It's a little, little odd it being a regular weekly episode and him not being in attendance. But it is what it is. He's probably eloping in Vegas right now. He wants to claim it for his birthday, but <laughs> I know it's really going down. I know my best friend. Yeah, uh, same. I hope he's having a great time out in Vegas. Uh, I look forward to having him back next week. Um, but with that being said, do you really look forward to it. Yeah, I do. I look forward to all you guys being on the show. You know that. Hmm. I know I know you guys try... Well, some people try to say I'm the real heel of Matt Madness, but I do love when each and every one of you guys I, I, is I here. I truly know you're the realest baby face in the <laughs> <laughs> All right, but while Alo's out trying to win money uh, in the mountains or in the desert out in Las Vegas, we had money in the bank for the SmackDown brand. I guess real quick before we get to that, first... Want to remind everybody, check out Falls Count Anywhere this week with Derek McCauley, Rusty Agostino, and Zach Harmon. Uh, also, this coming week, I will actually be filling in as the host while Derek McCauley's on vacation, so look out for that next Tuesday. Uh, we should have a new episode of The Perfect Edge with Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd on Monday, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, SmackDown. Had their Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Uh, usually I would throw it to Alo to do this. I guess I'll do it myself. Uh, our rating system. If it's a great show, it's a showstopper. If it's a medium show, it's a slobber knocker. If it's a horrible show, it's a jobber. So with that being said, Eck, what is your rating for Money in the Bank? Uh, my rating is going to be a slobber knocker. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, so it wasn't great, but it was good. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it had us, uh, you know, it was good. Uh, I don't have a lot negative to say about it, but I just don't think it's, you know, there, the, it has this few little quirks, and I just don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's going to be something, hopefully I'm wrong, but I don't think in three years from now I'm going to be looking at it like, wow, that's a show I want to rewatch over and over and over again. That's a good way to look at it. Prep, you got a grade? Yeah, I'm going to go slobber knocker. Uh, everything minus the Lana match was good to great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I just can't go showstopper. It wasn't that good. Yeah, I'm going to say Slobberknocker as well. Good, not great. There are some nitpicks, obviously, that I have with it. Uh, and I know you guys didn't think that Alo would not weigh in this week at all. Uh, oh, so. God, time out, time out, time out. I did not think that at all. Yeah, I hope nobody thought that. So, Alo's rating for the show, highest of slobber knockers, very close to a showstopper. 
Thought the show was a lot of fun and was fast-paced. Thought the women's ladder match was a great way to start the show. And I think the utilization of Ellsworth was perfect. I haven't seen SmackDown, but I heard what happened. I think they possibly stripped Carmella because of the backlash of it being the first ladder match and a man had to win it for a woman. I understand why they did it because this got legit heat from a lot of people. But that's what I loved about it, and it turns Carmella and Ellsworth into the true heels. And Carmella will be a bigger heel when she eventually dumps Ellsworth. Um, so I'll give my thoughts on the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. But first, uh, Pratt, what were your thoughts on the first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match? So as we talked about last week, I was really scared for it. I thought these girls were going to go just too hard and get really hurt but as a i mean just some bumps and bruises as we saw on smackdown mm-hmm. i thought it was a, a decent match and unlike everybody else i didn't mind the finish like i get it why everybody would be mad oh it's 2017 women can defend themselves mm-hmm. but i thought it was funny and i thought it really really gave some heat to carmella and ellsworth to make them great heels yeah Eck. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the match. I started it about 35 minutes late, the whole uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view event. Um, on my way home, I was getting texts, I believe, mainly from Prep and Aaron, uh-huh. uh, men- mentioning on how good the show started off. Yeah. Uh, I honestly was even surprised. I thought maybe it was going to start with the women's championship match, Lana pick it up, and everyone pop for that. And right when it went to... The women's Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm like, oh, okay. Everyone popped. Everyone came out, and then the promo started. So I'm like, oh, okay, man. Maybe this is about 18 minutes in. Uh, oh shit, there's about to be a return. So the bell rings. Everyone goes out. I'm like, okay, there's no return. I'm like, okay, everyone popped for the for the winner. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. And the way it ends, I I laugh. I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great utilization of heel work, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, you know, this is something, this is something strong, this is something good, and it's something new. You think of every way uh, any ladder match, whether it be Money in the Bank or not, has ended, it's different. Yeah. So, um, so I I was into it. Okay, so I did not love this match. I really wanted to. And I had a hard time admitting to myself that I didn't. What were you going to ask me? I was going to say, did you not like the ending? So this is where we're going to get into my into Ronnie versus the world right off the bat this week. Oh, um, so I had been calling since this, this match was even rumored, before it was even announced, I want Carmella to win. I want Ellsworth to help her win it. And I'm terrified of one of these women getting hurt because they may try to push themselves too hard. And I had a little bit of fear about that. So my problem was definitely not with the finish. I thought the finish was the best way they could have finished this match because, one, it actually puts into play like what Carmella has been doing with Ellsworth all this time. Like If you guys remember, when Ellsworth first started working with Carmella, people were like, well, what is, what is he doing with her? Why does she want him? And it's like this paid off exactly why she got him in her corner in the first place. Um, as Eck alluded to, uh, Prep, as you alluded to, this got great heat for both of them. Um, 
So I didn't have any problem with the finish. I thought it was the perfect finish. The, the problem that I had was that I felt like this is no knock on the women who were in the match because I felt a great energy from them. I thought the crowd was energetic about the match. But I feel like they were held back in this match. Like maybe whoever's running things was also worried we don't want one of these women to get hurt, so we're not going to let them go all out. So I saw a lot of stuff on social media uh, with people saying that they were upset about it, that a man needed to win the first ever women's money in the bank match and that it took uh, a huge moment away from one of those women in that match. And I actually had uh, a good friend of the show, Crystal, which you guys may know from from Twitter. Uh, she's down in, in Florida. Huge Carmella fan, maybe the biggest Carmella fan I know. I know she was ecstatic that Carmella got the win. But e- even she was feeling like, ah, oh, they gave it to Ellsworth, like he overshadowed the women, but she said to me on Twitter, like, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. So the, uh-huh. I don't think many people have been a bigger champion of the women of WWE than me. Um, and I definitely don't want to be accused of mansplaining the way James Ellsworth accused Shane McMahon a couple weeks ago. So I'm not going to say that any woman who had an issue with it or even any man that had an issue with it doesn't have a point because I definitely understand it. But to me, the way I look at it is the crowning achievement of that match or the historical significance of that match is not who gets to go up there and grab that briefcase because it's not like it's, it wasn't a, it's not a real competition where you're actually doing that. Somebody's telling the, the five of those women before the match, this is the person who's, who's winning the briefcase. So all they're doing is carrying out a script. To me, the historical significance is the fact that they're getting the opportunity to be in the same match that the men are in that they have not gotten an opportunity to be in before. So while I understand that point, I don't think that... It's not like a woman doing a real-life thing had a man come in and do it on her behalf. It was a scripted thing. It was part of the story, which actually led to a ton of discussion for 48 hours. It was all over Twitter. People were arguing about it. People were mad about it. It's the most uh, relevant that Carmella or James Ellsworth have been, uh, well, Carmella ever, and Ellsworth since he had his run with AJ Styles back, what, almost a year ago? So to me, they did the right thing. I think anyone who's upset should be upset that this match was not really allowed to go to the lengths that I think it should have. But I think the finish was good. And I'm really upset that WWE, if they caved in to social media pressure, that's really disappointing because they had a great story to go with, and they just squandered it. Like, I usually don't watch a lot of the dot-com stuff, but I saw Becky Lynch's promo afterwards, and that was one of the best promos that she's given in a while with her talking about how upset she was. Somebody's always going to cheat. Somebody's always going to get in her way no matter how hard she tries. To me, it was like... It got a ton of heat on the heel. It elevated Carmella and Ellsworth to a new level. And then it gave a new sense of purpose to the other four women that were in that match. Um, And then they kind of chopped the legs out from under it on Tuesday night by announcing that, oh, we're going to take the briefcase away and we're going to redo the match. So does that make people feel better that they're going to redo it? Because it won't be the first time anymore. And it's kind of like if people were upset about Hillary Clinton losing the election. Suppose we find out next week that the Russians really did hack the election and Hillary Clinton really won. 
is that going to make anyone feel any better after the fact? Like, oh, well, she should have been president, but she's not. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think they made a mistake by kind of taking it all away and starting over? Oh, I'm going to interject first. Uh, yes, yes and no. I initially, uh, I'm, I agree 100% with everything you said. Um, I don't really think, if you look back, the money in the bank's been happening for, what, 10 years now, if not longer? Probably longer, really. And you figure at the end of the day, the money in the bank gimmick works better for a heel. As I get, I don't want to say ridiculed for, but I get prepped specifically anytime when he bashes <laughs> Ambrose. When he bashes Ambrose on the show, he always has the uh, hashtag sorry act at the end of his yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm known as the guy on the show that likes Ambrose the most. Ambrose is the most recent, no, not just the most recent uh, Money in the Bank winner, but the most recent babyface winner. Mm-hmm. The past three or four winners prior to him were all heels. He won it. He cashed in right away. The the humor of, and to compare it to the male Money in the Bank winner, uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, we have a heel win it. They can tease it right away. They can run with it for as long as they damn well please, and it fits the character because the briefcase and, and cashing in almost cowardly fits fits the heel persona. Yeah, it typically so, ends up being like the cheapest way you could possibly win a title. And so so here's the thing. Wrestling fans, and you know, you can comp- compare this to the WWE championship picture. Um, me, myself, I, I hate where the WWE championship is sitting right now. Mm-hmm. I hate, I, I'm not a fan of the waist it sits around. Uh, you know, obviously we'll we'll get to that, but the way I look at it, they did something different or a different way. A ladder match can end, a new turnout for a Money in the Bank ladder match, a different way for the cha- for the winner to be determined. And I I agree 100. percent I think this is 100. It all has to do with social media. Social media bashed it. The, the women in the locker room bashed away it ended and they're, they're switching it yeah. I think this this was great because it never ended this way it there was never like think even if it wasn't for the money in the bank let's say if there was a multi-man match for a singles title someone's up there and they have it and let's say it slips out of their hand and it drops and someone else catches it and then they're the winner they've never done something like that this is someone went up grabbed it and threw it down to them. They've had people, you know, WrestleMania 17, they've had people help carry people to the top of the ladder. They've had people do a whole bunch of different things, but this was new. Uh, my, my biggest complaint about them reversing the result is the fact they're changing. It, it, it was, it's something new. It's something fresh. They're not, they're not changing it because they, the result got backlash like, it was it was Charlotte who won, and that was predictable, and everyone wanted it to go to someone else. And again, I'm just throwing up a random scenario. Yeah, people people are complaining because we have something new and something we've never seen. That's my complaint. Yeah, the only the only positive I'm seeing with this, uh, and I think this is something slightly overlooked. Yes, this has happened, um, but we talk about women's first. Um, you know, we had. Multiple main events, Raw, a few on SmackDown for the women's division, a pay-per-view, a Hell in the Cell, 
uh, a, a multi-women's ladder match now for Money in the Bank. So SmackDown, recently after the draft, they had a main event on SmackDown Live in a cage match. Yeah. We're about to get a ladder match on SmackDown for the Money in the Bank contest. So first off, or for the Money in the Bank contract, if I'm correct, and Prep is the best person on here right now to correct me, Prep, we've never got a Money in the Bank match except for a cash-in on free TV, correct? No. So that's what I'm seeing as a perk here because, I mean, SmackDown, I think for the, for the majority's sake, SmackDown's been the, the better show over, over since the, the draft initially happened. I mean, this right here, I think if you're a fan of women's wrestling and the fact that there's going to be a ladder match, I'm already thinking about how am I getting out of work like 30 minutes early so I'm, I'm watching this live next week. Yeah. I, like normally, like the past three months, I haven't cared if I'm watching SmackDown, whether it be at midnight or the next morning. I need to watch this live. This is must see. And at the same time, to go to the result, I already look at it like, I don't think there needs to be an added person. I know that's something a lot of people want to mm-hmm. re- read into dirt sheets. I think it needs to be the same five women. And I think Charlotte needs, uh, I'm sorry, I think Carmella needs to win again and in better heel fashion than she did the first time. Well, to me, that's, or, or, that's or, or, really the only way to do it. If, if you have somebody else win, to me, then I'm really going to be annoyed. Because <laughs> another couple things that I really liked about what they did was Ellsworth. And this is one of the funny things about Ellsworth. He basically talks about himself as if he's part of the women's division. Like, when he tells Shane, like, we don't need you to mansplain to us. Or, he, like, he talks about himself as if he's part of the women's division. Which is funny, and he actually got to be a part of it on Sunday, even though he's not supposed to be. And then Carmella's promo on SmackDown this week was great. She can't, her music hit, she was getting booed like she was Roman Reigns. She got booed through her whole promo. I thought she killed it for the entirety of it. And to me, the whole idea of this being a story is she saying all those other girls were trying to make history. I was the one concerned with my career. And all I cared about was doing what I had to do to win. And I thought that's great because I always talk about a heel having a point. Yeah, it's great if you want to be the woman to reach up and grab that briefcase. Um, but that's the heel's job is to try to take that away. And I think that they, it's so rare that you get that legitimate heel heat anymore. And I think it's really a shame that they're just throwing that opportunity away because they had it. Yep. Wait, can I go? Yeah. Yeah, snap, (laughs) snap. No, yeah, so I don't, ever since she was in NXT, the only thing I ever liked was her debut vignettes when Enzo and Cass were going to the hair salon called hair to go see Carmella. So this made me a fan. I thought she was great on the mic. I don't know about you guys. I've never looked at Carmella and said, she looks so good for some reason when she was cutting her promo on Tuesday and she's telling the the fans to shut up and all that. I was mm-hmm. like, damn, she's hot. Like, <laughs> she, looks, she looks great in the outfit with all the money on it. How like, great were their two outfits, by the way? The, the oh Young Bucks God. outfit? Oh, yeah. my God. His baggy I, sweatsuit, incredible. 
I'm I'm not gonna lie. I thought that her jumpsuit was better than the young bucks pants. Like, <laughs> I, I thought it worked out great for her. She cut a great promo. And James Ellsworth, all he has to do is introduce her. Mm-hmm. Instant heat. Yeah. Like, I think this is great, and they're only gonna make it better. Like as much as I don't think they should have stripped her. Mm-hmm. Really and truly, this could be the best thing for her because it's only going to be better when she wins again and she proves that, look, this was mine all along and you're going to have to deal with me for another three months until I cash this thing in. And I already have my thoughts on who she cashes in on, like, we can get to that later, but, yeah, like, ultimate heat magnet she's going to be. Yeah, I agree with you that, that uh, if she wins again, then this whole thing... Has been great, and that's why I don't want to criticize it too much because I don't know where it's going to end yet. Um, there was one oh, and the fact that we literally just spent about twenty minutes on this match tells you what a big deal it was, and the fact that they were talking about it on Raw tells you what a big deal it was. So I really hope WWE does the right thing and like lets this thing really play out the way they should and doesn't just say, okay, we're going to give it to Becky or, okay, we're going to give it to Charlotte. It was on the right person. I think that person needs to have it. Um, is everybody ready to move on to the men's Money in the Bank ladder match? Hell oh, yeah. yeah. So, Eck, how happy are you that your boy Baron Corbin is carrying the briefcase? I'm happy. I mean, it, it it didn't make me lose sleep in like excitement where I was up like chattering my teeth. But <laughs> I um, I'm I'm happy. You know, uh, I I wasn't live on the show last week, so I guess there's other other winners I hoped for more. I mean, you you of all people, I don't know. We all know I like to make the complaint about when someone's first championship is uh, the world, a world title, title yes. <laughs> which is, is virtually predicted that Corbin's first title is going to be a WWE championship at, at this point. Um, I, I do want to say Money in the Bank should be kind of like the I, – I don't want to say it's the pass for it, and I don't really want to even look at it that way. To, to some extent, I thought Ziggler needed it. Ziggler and Zayn needed it the most there. But, again, the, the match was entertaining. I, I liked Corbin's entrance. Him putting Nakamura out really, um, I think it proved that he deserved the win or at least that the win was coming his way. Uh, it, it had his entertainment. I, I was a little surprised it went as long as it did. I think almost the time even went farther than I, I realized it went. But, uh, overall, I'm not, I'm not mad or complaining about the way it, it, it transpired. Yeah. Pratt, your thoughts? So, I, would, I knew you and Eck were behind in the group text, so I actually just started texting Alo because me and him were watching yeah. live. <laughs> so, at one point in the show, I want to say, I, I started realizing that the entrances were really long. And I'm like, geez, they're really trying to stretch this out. Yeah. But then when they get to the Money in the Bank match... Before entrances, there's like 50 minutes left. So yeah. Like, what are we gonna? Do? This is gonna be a long match. Well, so, hey, with, with Prep saying that, who? I mean, I know instantly when Nakamura, uh, when his music went off at number five, I was surprised. I was like, like before he got out, not to cut you off, Prep. I'm like, oh, you know what? I was like, geez, freaking uh, Corbin's gonna win this. <laughs> 
That's so funny because when Sammy, I don't know about you guys, but when I see Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, when they're going to win something, they carry this presence. They they come out cursing and like you can see the determination on their face. Like, yeah, yo, so, I'm about to so you don't see you that. Guys. You, you don't see that look on uh, Zayn's face often. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But but for some reason, when I saw Sammy, I'm like, oh my god, Sammy's going to win this thing. Until Corbin attacked Nakamura, and then I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought the match was great. I don't know about you guys. It's one of the better Money in the Bank matches, like actual matches we've had in a long time. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I don't know if you remember last week. I told you I thought Nakamura looked really uneasy on the ladder. I remember that. I hope you're going to go where I think you're going to go. So I was thinking, like, I was saying, I wonder what he's going to look like getting on that ladder in this match. Do you think maybe that's why they had him get attacked before the match so he didn't even have to worry about it? That, that I actually, <laughs> I was thinking about your statement on the show last week when that happened. I was like, this guy got scared of the ladder and said, you know what? We got to figure a way to get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find some way for me not to ever have to climb that ladder because he re- he wasn't in the match for the whole thing. He showed up for what the last like five minutes, six minutes. Yeah, I, yeah, and then I I performed great. Showed up, too. yeah, performed great in that five or six minutes. Um, <coughs> led to the face off at the bottom of the ladder between him and AJ. The crowd goes nuts. Hopefully, they know now. Like that should be a WrestleMania match. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, I, I think it's a given. But as much as it's obvious that it should be a mania, I, I'm going to be an avid. I'm going to be an avid speaker on the fact. For now, on the podcast, if there's a match and if they could put it together, put it together. If they want Roman versus Brock at Mania, I'd rather see that at SummerSlam because I don't want to see Brock hold the title till freaking Mania. Oh yeah, you've you've always been a big proponent of don't like don't just keep waiting and waiting for something. Well, I remember, I remember all you know. I remember me, you, and uh, Aaron when we started the show over a year ago. I mean, we all that was something we all ranted about. I mean, if there's something to do, do it now. Why wait? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I I do agree with that. But I I think to me, when they saw that reaction that those two got. I think that they they saw the dollar signs there. Uh, no pun intended. Um, Prep, do you think that ends up being a WrestleMania match? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Even so, after this match, in my head, Baron is the one. If either of the Money and the Banks are going to go long, I think it's going to be Baron. Mm-hmm. And um, I see Nakamura possibly challenging for the. Uh, for the United States title right now. I know that AJ came out and confronted KO again, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to start Nakamura off with KO eventually that way. And I, I see Zayn going against Jinder because that's a good way to heat up Jinder even more. You put him in with a good babyface worker who's going to make the fans believe that he's about to win just when they snatch it away from him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and Sammy's like the rare guy that that as a baby face can get, like, the sympathy you're trying to get for him. Yeah, and Sammy, we already know what character Sammy is. He doesn't need to win, mm-hmm. but when he does, it's just that much more special. Right, and I have to give a tip of the cap to Kevin Owens, 
who, more so than anyone really in a long time, always puts his body on the line in these kind of matches. There's yeah, oh, there's yeah, almost nothing he won't bumps. yeah almost nothing he won't do in these type of matches and so yes tip of, tip of the cap to to Kevin Owens for always you know putting his body on the line to entertain us it, it's it's appreciated and he limps out on SmackDown and I, I really thought like he's probably not even selling this he's probably just legitimately limping right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think so. He he took some nasty bumps, especially when he took that like AA style from AJ Styles. Yeah, like, onto the ladder. Onto the ladder. Oh my god, I cringed so bad. Me too. Um, before we move on to the SmackDown segment, I just want to give you Alo's thoughts on the Men's Money in the Bank match. He thought this one was good. He enjoyed the teasing of AJ and Nakamura, loved how Corbin attacked Shinsuke during his entrance, making him a hated heel and giving us a reason to hate him, which is always good. Um, we got Nakamura Pat, and... Pat, yeah, I'm, go ahead. I'm going to text you um, my feelings on everything every week when uh-huh. I'm out here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, we got Nakamura and Ziggler on SmackDown. Uh, did anyone else think this was better than their pay-per-view match? Uh, yep. I did. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking about. I was like, this should have been the match on the pay-per-view. Like, this would have so, been a great opener. In my head, now, I don't know if it's been like the last two weeks, I look at Nakamura, and Nakamura has this thing about him, even since he was in Japan. Mm-hmm. He he takes nights off, you know? He, he kind of goes through the motions. Like, yeah, we love him. He's charismatic, but... You can't look at him like when you look at AJ Styles, you're like, wow, I can say like 80% of AJ Styles matches are good to great. Yeah. Like sometimes Nakamura will come out and he'll like, oh, that's okay. He's, you know, WWE it up right now. <laughs> but lately in my head, he's just looked so much more motivated. Like I think I think something lit a fire under his ass and he's ready to become the star that he should be in the U.S., do you think maybe he was upset by the response to his first match? Do you think know, maybe he was upset that they weren't even having him wrestling for the first, whatever it was, six weeks he was there? Maybe that. Maybe he's just like, I need to do something. He's, I mean, he's, he's obviously going to get a reaction when he comes out. But, like, dude, you have to perform in the ring, too. So he probably thought about it. I'm not even going to lie. I remember Triple H saying on the conference call, somebody asked about Hideo Itami, and he's Mm -hmm. like, yo, I went up to Hideo and I told him, do what you did, do what brought you to the dance. Don't just switch. So I'm pretty sure he might have had a talk with somebody, and they said, yo, be you. Don't don't do all this other stuff. Just do what you did before you got here. Yeah, forget about us calling you the rock star. Exactly. Or the artist. Become King of Strong Style and, you know, so, kick people in the face. Did you see that finish? How good did that Kinshasa look? That's in my notes. Kinshasa looked awesome, best on the main roster. Yeah. So, I, I agree. I think you guys made a, a lot of good points right there. I think, um, me personally, so, aside from knowing Nakamura's from Japan and uh, watching his match with Styles, which always got high praise my first encounter aside from him and styles in japan 
which already is supposed to be looked at as like one of his greatest matches, is his match against Zayn. And it's well documented on this show the high praise I give that match. So my first match, my first time ever watching Nakamura is him versus Sami Zayn. Aside from like I watched, I don't think I sat down and paid attention because I'm mainly focusing for Styles. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching him versus Styles, and then I'm watching that, and I'm like, okay, this match, and this is my opinion, this match, Nakamura versus Zayn is better than him versus Styles. Not only that, this might be the best wrestling match I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I hold that match in such high regards. I, in my opinion, I think you can put that on to someone. If someone hasn't watched wrestling for three years, five years, seven years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, put that match on. That should sell them on it. If somebody's never been a wrestling fan, I think that match should sell them on wrestling. My opinion. Now, if someone who's never been into wrestling, you could go easily and you could put on Mankind versus Undertaker or Hell in the Cell. That should easily sell them. But if we're going to talk about something recent, I think that is the best match to sell someone to become a wrestling fan. Hmm. Again, my opinion. Again, the problem there, I've seen, I think with a lot of the takeovers, Nakamura performed top-notch and we got great matches from him. When he came and love love him or hate him, I was expecting Ziggler to tear the house down with him, and I thought it was a flop. I, I, I don't want to shit on the match, but there was nothing special that came in the match. The match didn't wow no one. The match didn't overly impress anyone, and... You know, getting to the match this past week when SmackDown Live, I'm fast-forwarding to the match, and I'm like, you know, getting over commercial, I'm like, all right, I'm going to fast-forward the entrances because I'm, you know, an hour and a half behind. You know, I got to go to sleep at a reasonable hour, and then I'm getting to the match. The match is starting. like, let me rewind. Let me see how this match starts up. And I thought the match, the flow from the beginning to the end, the sequence, I thought everything was greater in the match. The match was definitely better on free TV this week than it was on the pay-per-view several weeks ago. Yeah, I don't even know that there's any real debate to be had about that. It is way better. Thoroughly enjoyable match. Um, Kevin Owens reintroduced the Face of America Open Challenge, uh, complaining that he was targeted by the other competitors in the Money in the Bank match because they knew he would win. Going to offer a title shot to a Dayton, Ohio resident. Um, AJ comes out and when he's corrected that it's for someone from Dayton, Ohio Chad Gable comes out and announces that he has just moved to Dayton, Ohio this morning (laughs) (laughs) so listen I I really enjoyed the match but Chad Gable we all know you're charismatic Mm -hmm. can you talk like not like a robot (laughs) we all know you're funny you had good promo skills in NXT. Talk like you did in NXT. He's so robotic. Like, yeah. But the match, I love the match. I don't know about you guys. No, oh, th- I, I thought the match was really good. I thought the match was really good. And I think, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be overlooked. No, I, I thought this match oh, no. was good. I was happy, at the very least, at least hear American Alpha's music. Yeah, um, I'm glad that JJ came out with him, too. Because I was like, damn, they're, he's going solo. But Jason Jordan was with him in the entrance. Yeah, he walked out to the entrance and then walked back. Um, 
Yeah, they need to do something with those guys because this this actually watching that last night. I keep seeing these like dirt sheet reports of Triple H is mad at Vince. They're having friction over the NXT talent, and part of me is like, yeah, it's just you know stories people are making up. But it's wouldn't you be well, pissed you if you, I, wouldn't you be pissed you, if you, you were Triple H? American Alpha, and, and it's like, oh, okay, this is true. Yeah, like think of all the work. That NXT, all the great work that NXT has done, and admittedly, I have not been as high on NXT for the past year, but from what 2013 or 14 until last year, all the great work they did, all the great talent that they produced, all the great characters that they produced, all the work that Triple H put in, and they get to the main roster, and most of them just kind of get thrown in the trash. Like, wouldn't you be pissed if you were Triple H? Yeah, I would. Oh, yeah. So I'm starting to think there may be some validity to it. And do we also think that Kevin Owens is finally going to have this open challenge in every city they go to? Yeah, especially with John Cena coming back soon. It's the perfect opponent for him doing the same thing that brought Kevin Owens to the main roster. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, like, it, as much as it hasn't been, it, it isn't as consistent as it was with Cena doing the open open challenge. At the same time, it's one of those things where you know Owens has done it a few times, he, he, where he's brought out like uh, I, I don't want to like uh, an indie schmuck almost from that yeah. town and be like, oh okay, cool, just a jobber, boom, easy retain. I was actually thrilled that we actually got him against someone that actually was credible this week. Yeah, it. it I kind of like the idea of him bringing out a jobber, though. Something about that is just extra funny to me. And to me, it will make it extra rewarding when he finally does lose. Uh, Eck, do you agree with Prep that the next guy is going to be Nakamura? To win the title? Yeah. So, I want to I say... That would make the most sense. I thought Nakamura should have got a title defense or a title match because I feel like he's already pinned them twice. Um, I mean, if moving forward to talking smack, AJ Styles made it clear that's something he's focusing on at the moment. He wants to, you know, be United States champion mm-hmm. because he he is from America. He did point out that Nak- it is something Nakamura should be looking forward to, and uh, they even brought up him versus Nakamura, and he said this is something you know he's like. Why does this, you know, have to? Why can't this be for the United States Championship? Yeah, I, I think that I would like to see that actually happen. I'm, I'm hoping that it does. Um, WWE Championship. We to, have yeah. To, to to segue to it, how funny is it that the United States Championship is more important on SmackDown than the WWE Championship? Um. It is funny. Uh, I mean, the mid-card titles are the most important belts on both shows right now. Unfortunately. Well, uh, to kind of... Believe me, I'm not trying to defend for Brock. We just had five people compete in a main event for a pay-per-view to face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Right now, we have potentially Nakamura and Styles fighting over being the number one contender for Owens United States Championship. Meanwhile, Randy Orton lost his championship to Jinder Mahal. 
he lost his rematch and no one's stepping up or talking about being the number one contender for the title. No. It bothers me. Well, it's, I mean, it's going to be John Cena. Like, he's coming back on, I wouldn't be shocked if John Cena walked in and won it on 4th of July. Oh, God. As much as I love Cena, that that wouldn't make me happy. <laughs> so I mean, it wouldn't make a lot of people happy, but I mean, you you couldn't like you couldn't envision that happening. That so there's to, a non-Americans holding the title and John Cena comes back on the Fourth of July and wins it. Well, uh, I'll argue that with the fact that um, if he's going to be a free agent and he's going to show up on Raw, I do not see him showing up with the WWE Championship. Leaving SmackDown or going to going to Raw, I do not see that now. Is there a rumor that he's going to Raw? Uh, there's a rumor that he's billed as a free agent so he can compete on both. Oh, well, and yeah, I don't know. Saying, this can this way SummerSlam, which I know SummerSlam, they're saying, well, you know, there's other things we could see Roman doing, but they're saying this way we'll see Roman versus um, Roman versus Cena for SummerSlam. Uh, that's possible. Um, I actually like this title match better than the one when Jinder won it. Um, I, I thought the, the the ring work was overall better. I think the spots where the Bollywood boys died were better the first time. <laughs> well, that's true. I don't think there's any disputing that. That's the best we're ever going to get out of the Singh brothers. Um, but I like the angle with them going after his dad. Him losing is cool. Jinder gets the win. I felt like there was a lot more energy in the crowd for it, and I felt like there was more energy in the match than before. Do you uh, do you think that prep, or do you think that uh, it's pretty much been the same as, as everything else they've done? Look, I think Randy Orton is trying his hardest to put over Jinder. I think he's actually working pretty hard to make this guy work, and I know Eck doesn't like him, but I dig it. I dig everything they're doing right now. So, Prep, I'm glad that you said that because nobody's been harder on Randy Orton than I have the last month. And I have to give him credit because I do believe that he is going out there and really doing everything that he can to try to sell this thing. So, if I'm going to tear him down for being a jerk, I think I also have to give him credit for when he's doing the right thing. And I think he is doing the right thing at this point. Yep. I'm I'm digging the the run so far, and wait till he loses. How big of a babyface is going to be the guy who beats him? Or they may just have Goldberg come back and do it. Oh, oh man! I knew he was going to get a pull bringing up Goldberg. Jeez. I'm sorry, I had to do it. Um, I think you miss him more than Big Dad. <laughs> I would never admit to that. Um, you won't admit to it, but I, in your heart, I know you miss them. I would. <laughs> uh, we had Jinder against Luke Harper on SmackDown. Um, match was fine. They didn't. Did they even advertise this match at any point during the show? Luke Harper versus Jinder. Yes, at the they beginning did. of the show. Okay, if, I guess I must have I'm, fast forwarded past it. I will boldly say I'm certain. There was a minimum of two, you know, the normal slideshow where you get the the match advertisement, and 
it had Harper and Jinder for the cutout. I know that I hit the fast forward button so many times. It wasn't until Luke, like, I saw Jinder Mahal had a match it advertised twice, but when I hit the fast forward, I couldn't see who he was against. And it wasn't until <laughs> I saw the entrances that I knew he was facing Luke. Okay, so I must have fast forwarded through all which those. Which actually got me intrigued. Did it? A little bit. Um, I mean, the match was good. Luke Harper's always fun to watch. Um, Corbin came out with the briefcase. Yeah. He didn't get squashed. No, he didn't. Corbin came out and kind of taunted Jinder for a bit. Jinder got the win anyway. Orton comes out post-match, kind of takes out Jinder, takes out the Singh brothers. Jinder escapes into the crowd holding the title while Randy is posing in the ring. I thought it was actually a good ending to SmackDown. Like, I was at one point when Randy was giving his interview, I was like, do we have to keep going with this thing? Like, can we just move on to something else? And then it ended that way, and I was like, oh, I kind of am curious what the next move is with this now. So did you guys like the way this ended? Are you guys ready to move on from Jinder and Orton? And excluding Eck, ready from Jinder being away from the title. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am ready for Jinder to move on from Orton because I'm so tired of him. And, I mean, I think it looks like they're going to have another match. <laughs> so I guess that'll be Backlash. Or, Listen, um, I'm sorry. Battleground. Battleground. Listen, if they're going to have another match, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Make it make it a damn triple threat. We do not need to see them one-on-one -on -one again. Um, in my opinion, Randy Orton has held the championship 14 times now? Yeah. 13? 14. W whatever. I don't think – it is kind of my same, my same argument when we're bringing up Cena. Cena has tied Orton – or tied Flair. And they made that a big deal, and he dropped the title one month later. The moment he's going to break Flair's record, I hope they treat that right. They got to make that special. Or in, a, or in a July 4th episode of SmackDown, I don't think that's special enough. I think something like a SummerSlam. I mean, we want to talk about saving stuff for the big four, saving something for for uh, for WrestleMania. If John Cena is going to win a 17th World Championship, which I'm sure he will eventually, book that right. That should be something special. That should be something for WrestleMania. That should be something that either is him winning a world title as a heel or him beating a heel that can't be stopped. Um, I sincerely think, obviously, creative knows a way for gender to be stopped. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they need to wait for that. Um Jinder, I don't see I don't see him losing the title to Orton. Orton's been beaten by him twice already now in one on one matches. Um, I don't need to see this a third time. I don't want to see this a third time. I'm already fast forwarding everything that has to do with the storyline. <laughs> so please add add someone to it. So please fast forward to the end of it. No, just add, add someone so I can care. <laughs> uh, before we move on to the Women's Championship, I will give you Alo's thoughts. World title match. Orton looked like he wanted to be there again, although I hate it was basically the same ending. He's really putting Jinder over huge, so he agrees with, uh, with you guys. Uh, but why do we have more of a reason to hate the Singh brothers than we do to hate the world champion? Which I do still agree with that, that they have not done a good job of 
giving us a reason to hate him other than if you think he doesn't deserve to be the champion. Uh, women's championship, shockingly, Naomi retains over Lana. I was happy to see that. Naomi, this was not a good match, but Naomi carried it. Um, Carmella and Ellsworth were out there. They basically did exactly what I've been waiting to see them do with this briefcase. Come out and kind of taunt her, kind of hold it over her head. I thought it was perfect. Um, And then Naomi ultimately gives Lana a rematch. So the woman who has not had a match on the show gets a pay-per-view match for the title and now gets a rematch for the title for a match that she lost. Uh, Prep, what do you think about this whole story? So the match was terrible. I'm happy that Naomi retained. I mean, nothing against Lana. I think she had really good facials, but the work <laughs> is just not there yet. No. Look, it's only her second sing or her first singles match, her second ever TV match. So I can't really be that upset about her. But uh, I do like. I mean, I don't know if you pointed out. I do like the new finish for Naomi. Oh, the submission. The F- the FTG, as she called it. <laughs> Do we know what that um, means? Feel, feel the glow. Feel the glow. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I just had to ask but to figure it out for myself. Like you said, I was, I was, I've been waiting to say this since Ayla wasn't here. Mm-hmm. This was perfect. <laughs> Carmella, Carmella and Ellsworth coming out, skipping to the ring. Oh my god, I loved it. And then her just looking like, nah, not right now. Yeah. And then walks back. That was yeah, great. It was awesome. Eck? I mean, whether she was angry when she was Naomi was kicking out or if she wasn't um, tapping out Lana's facial expressions, yes, they were on point. Yes, they did have me intrigued. I forgot if I was watching the network or some other subscription I don't have. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, I, I was surprised. I think everyone was surprised. Everyone thought, you know, her first match being a championship, they were obviously going to throw the title on her. I want to say it's almost obvious they're going to give her the title if she's getting a rematch right away. I almost thought, you know, throw her at the back of the bus and she can earn her way towards yeah. it. Um, either either way, you know, I'm interested. I think it, it, it keeps us tuning. Me even being a, a fan of Lana, whether you, we're talking about people that are uh, valets or mm-hmm. – in-ring competitors, I think actively signed by WWE, you know, she's top two, if not the number one most attractive woman on the roster. So anytime you get her near a camera, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, um, just same time. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with that because the good thing I like about it, SmackDown with the two hours, they got two prominent women's storylines going on. Like, Mm-hmm. Is Lana going to be the next champion? Like, you, you care about that right now, and at the same time you're caring about what's going on with the briefcase. Yeah, there there are. There's two legitimate stories that they're putting on a two-hour show. They're, oh, they Since SmackDown started, they've been doing a better job than Raw with that. Um, tag team title match. So this was the one match that I did have an issue with the ending. I feel like... I get it, the Usos are heels, but just cheat to win. Don't just leave. And I felt a little cheated by that. So, I'm going to... Especially because the match was actually good. 
I hope this rubs one of you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. My my opinion, and I praised the men's uh, ladder match earlier. Mm-hmm. The, the tag team championship match was the best match on the card. Uh, yeah, the match itself was great. The, the match was great. Um, the false finishes, the the surprises. I thought the titles changed hand or more than one occasion. I thought the Usos had a great retaining of the title on more than one occasion. I was generally, genuinely surprised by the um, by some kickouts and several different scenarios during the match. I normally, anytime someone walks out on a match, I'm pissed off. And, and you use the right term by calling your calling it being cheated. Mm-hmm. I popped for it. I loved it because at the same time, yes, the Usos win. And I mean, I don't think, I think if anyone's a fan of what the Usos have been doing, you you don't want to see the New New Day take the title right now. Yes, the New Day, they they get the win. Maybe they deserve a rematch. Um, I know the majority of the cast is, the cast here, we're we're all pulling for the fashion police. I mm-hmm. want Tyler Breeze to have a WWE championship. I want Fandango to have a WWE championship, whether it be a SmackDown tag title, or if they get a mid card, or, or shit. These, these are a few guys that I, I I will not bicker and complain if they get pushed right to the main title. I actually probably would. I'll find <laughs> a way to complain. However, I I think they they deserve their due. Um, I would love to see this go to some way where we get three teams competing. Uh, for the titles, but at the end of the day, this this match was awesome. Um, over a year ago, before the draft, we've seen on more than one occasion it be the Usos versus the New Day, but mm-hmm. the roles reverse. Uh, New Day being heels, Usos being face. Uh, I thought it was you know for the first time we get to see the roles reverse in a match. I, I thought this was great, and it, it was the best match on the card. Yeah, prep. So I mean. Uh, I think the Money in the Bank match, the men's Money in the Bank, was the best match on the card. But at one point, this match grabbed me hook, line, and sinker. Like <laughs> the false finishes, I thought the work was great. The only, th- this is the one part that bugged me about the finish. Why didn't Biggie go outside to break the count? Like, obviously, Kofi was hurt, but Biggie's just sitting there in the ring. Why would you let them get counted out? Like, right. That bugged me. But I thought the match was great, and that was my nitpick about the finish. Yeah, I, I really wasn't even thinking of that. I was just like, ah, oh, I wanted to see, like, a real finish to this. I would have rather seen them just cheat because I wanted them to retain. So it wasn't even like I was mad about them retaining. I just was like, ah, oh, I would have liked to have seen there be, like, an actual finish. Uh, Alo, all of a sudden... Has a new revitalized like for the New Day because they're more than just an entertainment act when they deliver in the ring. The first time they actually wrestled a meaningful match and showed they can go in months. The last two... In months. Okay, I'm glad that in months part of that. Yeah. The last two uh, prior to this being against Y2AJ and Cesaro and Sheamus at Roadblock. Um, Fashion Police... Aaron's here. (laughs) Fashion Police, as you mentioned, Eck... Uh, got a win over the Ascension after a uh, a um, what the heck is it called? Fashion Files, Fashion Vice, uh, '80s reference. I don't know if either one of you have any recollection of what Miami Vice was. 
I had Grand Theft Auto. I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Fair Vice enough. City was the truth. Fair enough. Uh, I popped for the property of Paulie cell phone. <laughs> I popped for the Watch Me VHS tape. And Fandango asked if it was a Coliseum. I thought that was awesome. Uh, they go on to win a very quick match. I love these guys. I will, I hope that they I like Eck just like you. I hope they get to be tag champs. I hope they get to keep running with this gimmick. I think it's hilarious. Can they just start calling them the Fashion Police though, instead I, of Brizongo? Is something they're going with? I I may use the wrong words. I believe their uh, their first T-shirt says uh, Fashion Officers or something on it. It's Fashion Patrol again. It do, it doesn't even receive. Uh, it does not word. Um, Brizongo on it. So, but why does commentary keep calling them Brizongo? They're the fashion police now. Just call them that. Their gear says it. You know what? I mean, at the, the same shirt time, says Brizongo too. Listen, oh, it doesn't. Listen, I don't care what they call. I don't care if they call them Brizongo, fashion popo, the, fads, <laughs> the fashion fads, the um, whatever it is. They're doing good. At the end of the day, we. We don't want to relate Shinsuke Nakamura to Goldust and say he's the artist formerly known as. <laughs> we, we don't want him to be the rock star that Baron Corbin is when he's not with WWE. We, he's Shinsuke Nakamura. So I don't, give a, I don't give a hell or a damn what JBL or anyone else are calling these guys. You know, they're, they're, they're going to try to brainwash and, you know, whatever nickname they want to give them, they want to give them. I just want them to get the damn titles. Yeah, but then they, I don't believe they were on SmackDown this week, were they? They were so, not. Were they at backstage at all, Prep? I don't I recall. Don't remember seeing them. I don't so, think they were, though. Now, to backtrack, now, they, SmackDown clearly had a lot of stuff they had to, they had to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably going to touch something really soon that also wasn't, uh, that didn't get to make SmackDown. Something, um, so on our Instagram page, um, Elite Collector 215 made a comment about um, what was this match? Like, what, what was the point of it? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he may be a little bit of an uh, Ascension fan. Not that okay. he does not like the uh, <laughs> Fashion Police, but he did not like them getting quickly buried. Yeah. Am I the only one that kind of enjoyed that this match was thrown together? I did, because it's it wasn't just the we have our formula for a pay-per-view. It was like something actually happened on the pay-per-view, not just this match, then this match, then this match, then this match, then this match. So I actually liked that there was like a little bit more something organic happened on the show. I was happy with that. So I agree and like your point. Um, I'm looking at this for Fandango and Tyler for their sake. I think this is huge because I want them. They still deserve to be in the title picture, in my opinion, and they still they still need to be built up. If they don't have a match and they're not beating anyone, they don't deserve to face the Usos for the titles. So if they're getting a win, whether it's against Mo and Dixon from Cleveland, Ohio, or <laughs> if it's a reincarnation of the Road Warriors, or it's the Ascension, or, or the Headbangers, the Headbangers, it doesn't matter. As long as they're getting wins, they deserve to talk about the tag titles. So the fact that they're beating another tag team that is known, especially on a pay-per-view, I think is huge, and it keeps them strong. So, again, I, 
bringing up the subject of the match. I'm happy the match happened. I'm happy they won. I'm happy they got to look strong. Yeah. Uh, Prep, do you see them getting the tag team titles at some time before the end of 2017? I do. I think they get the tag team titles either before or on SummerSlam. What percentage confident are you of that? About 80%. All right, that's fair. Uh, Eck, I'm assuming, like I'm assuming what you were referring to a moment ago that also wasn't on SmackDown. What do you guys think of Maria and Mike Kanellis? Yes! <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so, Do you love this because you love them or you love what they did with it? I, all right. Or both. So here's, here's my history. I hated Mike Bennett. I couldn't stand him in Ring of Honor. I didn't like him even on TNA, mm-hmm. even more so. But as soon as he comes out and he, like, I think they played this great. The gimmick, it's quirky. It's really stupid. But <laughs> the mu- the music got me. Me and too. And their interaction got me. Mm-hmm. So I love this. Like, I, I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter. I take back everything bad I ever said about Mike Bennett. <laughs> this is so good. Here's to the greatest love I ever know. <laughs> Heck, what were your thoughts on it? So, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Ash, I'm going to go on a hunch. I think you can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know minimal about these two. Correct, um, me too. Maria, Maria, seven years ago, left the WWE. I believe she left right when I was re-getting into WWE. Mm-hmm. I think she left maybe months prior or, like, weeks prior to me getting into WWE. Um, I have seen a lot of their stuff in the indies after trying to, like, keep up on what the Young Bucks are doing, what AJ was doing before he came to WWE and such. Um, so I know a little bit about them. And, again, I'm not going to lie, minimal. I started typing a text in the group text because, you know, I, Aaron, my best friend, mm-hmm. made a comment early in the week about Maria. So let's not get this wrong. Aaron's not here on the show. Aaron was convinced Maria was going to be in the in the women's ladder match. Yeah. That's what his thought was earlier in the week. Uh, he brought it up at the last time SmackDown had a, a major event. He thought, you know, they were going to show up for something else. So I, in the group text, I discredited him and say, you know, this is a prediction you and Dirt Sheet's been reading into for a while. (laughs) I was surprised when they came out, and I popped for it. I enjoyed it, and as much as I know, this is Maria Canales, this is Mike Bennett, Mm -hmm. I'm reading the Titantron, I'm like, man, I swear something's missing. And I'm like, (laughs) did did this did this guy take her last name? And I started <laughs> typing a group a, a text to you guys, which I eventually sent. And I was like, "What kind of mo actually takes his girl's last name?" And I was like, "You know what? Aaron's about to go to Vegas with his girl. He might take her last name." I was like, "Let let me not send this." So I delete it. And then my man JBL calls him out and says he took her last name. And I was like, "Oh, I'm sending this text now. I don't care." Yeah, so that's what your best friend actually said. He loves that they buried him for having her last name. He's very interested to see where this whole whipped gimmick goes, and I I assume probably all three of us are in the same boat on that. I'm sorry. I think they're going to be monster heels eventually. 
I mean, I think they probably will be too. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it. I think there's some potential there. I really have no type of connection to either of these two at the moment, so I'm coming in with a completely blank slate, not with really no expectation on either one of them. So I'm just kind of along for the ride on it at this point. Uh, anything else anybody to say about SmackDown or Money in the Bank? Yeah, I already like that more than I like Miz and Maurice. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, Prep, you any last what? thoughts? Not, you know what, Eck? I'm not offended by that. Because <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and, and that's coming from a guy that used to hate Mike Bennett. That's all you got to know. Yo, I hated Mike Bennett. But Mike Kanellis, love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So move on to Raw. The... Fastest paced, most action packed three hours of our week every week. Um, I will say we got a great vignette for Joe versus Brock at Great Balls of Fire. I thought that was awesome. Um, other than that, though, we get Roman Reigns opening the show with a promo saying he wants the Universal title shot at SummerSlam. Joe confronts him, they get into a scrap, which obviously leads to a match, as the opening segment almost always does. Uh, I thought this was a good match, physical match. I enjoyed it. But stealing the show is the returning hero, Braun Strowman. Uh, were you guys happy to see Braun back? Yes. <laughs> so both of you happy to see Braun back. Uh, did he get the best babyface reaction on the night? Uh, he, he probably got the best pop of the night. I, I guess we call that a baby face reaction, but... What did you think of him showing up on the ambulance backing into the arena? I, I, yeah, I mean, when you... Never mind. When you word that as a baby face reaction, I mean, he couldn't have done it any more baby face life. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like Ambrose did the same thing a year ago. Uh, I mean, obviously, same night, not months later. Yeah, I he... Basically, then comes down, you know, I guess reverse choke slams Roman, challenges him to an ambulance match at the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Did anybody else laugh to themselves when he actually said the Great Balls of Fire pay per view? Nope. <laughs> I, I'm, I've been over the title for months. It, it does. It does not uh, amuse my immature mind. So for me, it's not even about the uh, the title so much as like hearing him have to actually say that. Like it just comes. It's kind of like you talk about like wrestlers acting like wrestlers instead of people. It just it just made me laugh. Him saying like I challenge you at the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. It's just very odd to me. Uh, but prep, are you looking I, forward I, to this I ambulance think by match? The time we hear Emma say it to a, uh, like Alexa Bliss, mm-hmm. and and that's me fantasy booking. But <laughs> if we hear Emma say, "Alexa, I want your title at the Great Balls of Fire," that's when I'll be amused. All right. Well, in in the words of your best friend, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Prep. Any thoughts on Braun returning and Joe and Roman's match? So I. I really like that opening segment when, <laughs> again, Samoa Joe headbutting somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that worked really well. They're making Joe look really strong. Braun coming back was awesome because, I mean, he, I don't know about you guys, but I've missed him. He's, he's been super entertaining. I love so that he kills Roman I all the time. 
think I missed him until then. Oh, I knew I did because he was becoming like as weird as it is to say, especially where we all were on him like last year. He's really become like bordering on like must see every week. Because they actually seem to find something different to do with him every week. Something entertaining to do with him every week. And we've actually gotten... He's one of the few guys we've actually gotten to see grow over the last year. So I definitely, definitely missed him and was happy to see him back. Yeah, he's... I think he's been great. I don't know so much about this ambulance match. I hope this isn't the one that Roman wins. I hope... Braun kills him again, and he goes on to SummerSlam to face the champ, whoever it is. To me, they have the perfect excuse to have him win because Roman just put him on the shelf for two months or three months, however long it's been. Yeah, I think it's time for Roman to take a break. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, obviously. Um, Intercontinental, do we think Roman's getting the title shot at SummerSlam or no? I don't think so. Because he was supposed to be announcing his plan for SummerSlam, and really all he did was announce his hope for SummerSlam. Well, what I think this is going to lead to is the winner of this is going to be the number one contender for SummerSlam. Oh, you mean the ambulance match? Well, listen, God forbid that it was right, but the dirt sheet is that from now to Mania, Brock Lesnar has a Universal Championship tour. And the five people we saw in that Fatal Five-Way he faces all of them until Mania, and the fifth person at Mania is Roman. Hmm. Gouge me in the eye. So they're still they're still projecting him to be the champion until WrestleMania. Yes. Wow. All right. Well, which I and I think we can all agree. Let's like none of us want that. No. But I think I'm the the one of the few people in here. Like I don't want to say I still like the guy per se. Like. I enjoy when he comes out. I think we all enjoyed him and Joe having their promo. I think we're all, um, you know, um, not promo, but obviously their uh, their segment. Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to him versus Joe. But at the same time, I, I'm 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 over him with the title. Like we we talk about people that don't need a championship. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't need a championship more than anyone. Especially if we're not going to see it. Um, So, I I mean, he he doesn't need to hold it until then. Or at least let him him lose it a cheap way. If we're going to talk about people, you know, losing or winning in a doggish fashion, I mean, what better better scenario than this? He does does not need to carry that title for damn near. it, It will be a full year if he carries it to Mania. Yeah, I I don't want to see him carry it for that long. Um, I mean, they could have interesting matches, but I just I don't want to see the title off TV most of a full year. My my main thing, and again, I I don't want to complain about Brock. I don't want to be the one because I know me specifically. I know I enjoy when he comes back. I get excited for his matches, but at the same time, if SmackDown Creative is going to fold with the decision of Ellsworth retrieving the briefcase and passing it to Carmella. They need to fold on this storyline. They need to they need to get get Brock away from the title. 
is there not enough people complaining about the going again, come again, 30-day championship championship defend rule? Is there not enough people complaining about the title not existing on television? Is there not enough people complaining on social media about their lack of interest in Brock Lesnar? I mean, what is going on where this is okay? Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't. Uh, Prep, do you see him still being the champion come WrestleMania? No, nah, that's way too long. They're too impatient for that. They're not going to have him hold it that whole time. Who do you think I takes see, it? I think, honestly, I really want Joe to win at Great Balls of Fire, just to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think he's going to win, but I do think Ron takes the title from him at SummerSlam. So, Eck, would you be upset at Braun being the type that gets a world title before anything else? Or is he the type of guy you can buy in that role? So, I'm glad you asked that. I want to look at it in a couple different lights. I think he's someone that you can buy in it. And I think being, I don't want to use the term smart fan, but a fan that looks into everything in wrestling and, you know, listening to other podcasts on our own and interviews and um, big shows high on him. Uh, the big show, if you don't look at him as one of the top three, if not the number one uh, greatest all time, larger than life wrestlers that were, you know, a freaking giant of mm-hmm. all time, then, you know, you, you have a problem. <laughs> um, big, big shows first match he won the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Um, he won the WWF Championship as his first title in WWE. And he won every title in WWE. Every yeah. title that he qualified to win, he won it. Um, I don't think there's anything he didn't win. Braun, you know, he compares, Big Show compares Braun to himself. Um, Braun, Braun's a big guy and if Braun's in that, you know, in a spot where he can stay, and it's weird because you know, I know, I know, Laugh argues the point where you know he doesn't like someone going for the WWE Championship and then downgrading. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I look forward to something like, you know, I hate on SmackDown that the United States Championship is more important than the WWE Championship, but I like that it's relevant. Yeah, as much as I like it's relevant, I, I could see Strowman winning the WWE. Cha- I'm sorry, the Universal Championship, and then being with the company. And eight years from now, he's touched all the major titles there. Right. Um. So I, I don't have a big problem with this. He's one of the few people that I think gets a pass. Um. As much as I don't want to say it's due to his size, but it's due to his <laughs> size. So Vince, Vince is right. Is that what you're saying? I don't want to say he's right. I mean, as much as we could say he's right, that's like saying he's he's right about Roman. And I'm thrilled Roman won a tag title before he won the WWE Championship. Yeah, yeah, obviously Seth did too. Uh, Speaking of lower championships, the Intercontinental Championship, Miz is at this very moment, I believe, on day, what, 15 of his... 
Um, I forget what he's calling the new tour. He hasn't called it that in a while, I don't think. Yeah, I, I forgot it too. Interni- Intercontinental comeback, something like that. The com- yeah, the comeback, comeback tour. tour. So we're we're on day fifteen right now. Uh, the Miz is having all kinds of issues with Dean Ambrose, which has caused strains in his relationship with Maurice. He recruits Axel and Bo this week after having tried to recruit Heath Slater the week before. Uh, has a Miz TV where he's basically apologizing to Maurice. Ambrose comes out, ruins it, and then Axel and Bo, dressed as the Bears, you know, destroy Ambrose. Do we think that the Miz and Prep? I'll go to you first on this before we get to X thoughts. Um, do we think that the the Miz now is going to have an entourage, and is this good for Axel and Bo if they are? Well, yes, I do think that he has the entourage now. I think that was a clear sign that they're with him. I wonder. I'm real curious that if they're going to be called something or it's just like. Oh, these guys are here. Like, yeah. And for me, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about Axel and Bo. I mean, I like them. I don't know. We're not there yet, but the more aggressive Bo was so good. Like, I really enjoyed that match with him and Finn. Mm-hmm. Him working really aggressive against Finn, and then Finn going super aggressive back to him. Yeah. So I did like to see that, and I think it's set up perfect for this. Hopefully, Axel shows a new sign. I never hated him, so. But I mean, to be spot on with what what Prep said, I mean, I, I was gonna go right into the the Balor match, or at least uh, allude to getting to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought the ma- match was great, and I don't think any of us can say we weren't. Su- I mean, we were surprised by how on fire both started. I mean. If he would have started like that for like a quick spurt, but he was on fire the majority of the match. Yeah, and it it, w- it was some great aggression, and it was a new side that the main roster has seen from Balor. Or I'm sorry, from uh, from Bo. Um, it did throw some interest there, and you know, past um, prep mentioned something about you know being being a fan of either of the two. I've always been a fan of Axel, and I will 100% credit it to you know who his father is. I've always wanted to see the best for him. I was into it when he was a Heyman guy. I was into it when he was an Intercontinental Champion. And if they're going to be, whether they're just Miz's entourage, I think this is something, as much as we all know I don't like the Miz, I think this is something at least good for the two of them. Yeah, I like both of them. Uh, you guys both. So I love Silly Bo, but this Bo I think is also good. Like you guys both said, his aggression in his match with Finn Kind of brought out a side of Finn that you don't always see. Um, I liked it a lot. Bo even like looks sinister now. Like he 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 has like a very sinister look to him now, which I think is great. Yeah, um, with the beard and the greasy hair. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. The only the only nitpick I have is he's stealing Tazawa's. Ah ah, he did it like three times or four times last night, and I was like, don't please don't do like please drop that. You don't need to do that, and other guys already doing that. But I really like that image that he's cultivated, and I really hope that they run with these two guys as being his entourage. Whether they get a name, I don't know. But it it could actually lead to something, because I think they're both talented. Obviously, Bo is still a young guy, 
So uh, it's good to see them still trying with him and not just completely writing him off of the show. Um, uh, yeah, I hope that this has some legs to it. Uh, women's division, anybody have any thoughts on that? Nope, I fell asleep for it. <laughs> well, I will tell you this much. You didn't miss much. Yeah, I went back and I saw that Bailey came out and I yawned. <laughs> Eck, any thoughts on the women's division? Uh, I I like that Emma is still mentioning that she has her eyes on the title. Um, I guess that is the one good thing about it. So, we talked and, earlier. I, I, I got to be the one to find a, a positive. Yeah, we talked earlier about how good of a job SmackDown typically does getting multiple women's storylines in, in a two-hour show. In a three-hour show that this week actually went three hours and 17 minutes, they went over by 17 minutes this week. They literally found one segment for the women that was seven minutes long. That didn't have any real purpose. It didn't really have much of a story. It was just all of them kind of get out there and get into a brawl. Didn't move anybody's character forward. Didn't move any story forward. They just kind of threw it together in the last 12 minutes of the show. Um, so to go back to my Ronnie versus the world earlier... I feel like anyone who has an issue with women's wrestling, your social media venom would be much more, much better served for this than the way Carmella won the Money in the Bank match. I really was not happy with this. And I actually found, came across someone on Twitter. I don't know her full name. Her name is Kate. Uh, her Twitter handle is at Make It Loud, all one word. Make It Loud the way you think it would be spelled. She does something called the Raw Breakdown Project. It is rawbreakdownproject.com, where basically she comes up with these charts of how much of different people or different types of segments are used throughout the show. And I haven't really looked that deep into it yet. Like I said, I just found it on late Monday night. Uh, but it could be a good source of information Maybe even to back up some of the points we make as to somebody being overused or underused. Uh, so if you are listening to this, obviously follow us on at Matt Madness Pod, uh, but follow at Make It Loud. Uh, Kate is doing a lot of very interesting work, providing a lot of very interesting information. Uh, you can even find out about how little the women were used on Raw this week. I believe they got 4% of the show, which is not really enough. Um, Prep, you said you fell asleep on it. Even if you just dozed off for a minute, you probably would have missed it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I fell. I had to go back and watch the final segment that we're getting to. But um, yeah, it was just as soon as I heard some theme music, I was already yawning, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, and the last thing, uh, the last of Alo's comments on wrestling this week: uh, Raw Women's Division. What is this? So this is just, what is this of the week? 1040 and you throw every damn woman in the division out for a segment for a third week in the row. Seriously, what is this? So I guess we're, we're kind of all in agreement. Tag team division, we had Cesaro and Sheamus defend against Titus and Apollo in a very quick match. The Hardys. I'm sorry, defend? Was that a title match? It probably wasn't. Uh, they okay. beat them. That's what I should have said. Um the Hardys get a win over Gallows and Anderson. Not surprising. 
Matt leaned a little bit more towards Broken Matt after the match than he has recently. I was happy to see that he really embraced the the, the delete. Um, and then I guess the biggest story out of the tag team division, Big Cass, finally turns on Enzo. I liked that Corey Graves played into it. I give Enzo credit that he squeezed out a tear. And I thought Cass was great in this segment. Now, the segment wasn't perfect, but it actually... I loved it. Yeah, it, it held your attention. Um, and I thought, other than them showing the backstage segment on the Titantron, I thought everyone actually performed very well in this segment. Uh, so you guys obviously feel free to tell me what you thought of it. Uh, I'm going I'm to take the reins, if you don't mind, Prep. Um, Go ahead, I Roman. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I think a lot of people obviously predicted this. Um, there was obviously, you know, they, they made the little bit of a two-week swerve with Cass faking him being hurt. My favorite thing is not only did I enjoy how it went down, but being able to get get the chance to play it back for my son this morning and him genuinely being pissed off and now hating Cass and his Cass act. <laughs> that is when I know WWE actually did something well because I haven't seen him be actually pissed off since maybe like Mania 30. So I, I'm happy. Is Troy the new Omar? I, I, I don't want to call him Omar. Um, as much as Omar is a 31-year-old, 32-year-old <laughs> man that still buys in and gets pissed off about stuff, uh, I just want to think Troy's turning eight and, you know, uh, can be sold on a, a storyline. <laughs> so, but Troy didn't have to take to social media to get them to make Big Cass become friends with, with uh, Enzo again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he... It was one of those things. He he was genuinely surprised, and I, as much as we all want to be genuinely surprised at our individual ages watching this, um, storylines typically bore my son, and mm-hmm. he wants to see the action. He wants to see uh, no disqualification matches. He wants to see stuff like that. He wants to see the in ring, and a storyline actually getting him hook, line, and sinker, and him being surprised and you know he was a fan of both of those guys so uh I, w- I was happy i was happy that it threw him for a loop yeah that's awesome i mean that that's what it's supposed to do and it worked prep your thoughts on this closing segment i i didn't like that it was predictable mm-hmm. i thought the execution um the, the videos and stuff that was cheesy to me um but I did think Cass just going in on him and then big booting him. And then my favorite part when he's like, and you can't teach. <laughs> I love that part. Like I had to watch it three times to really dissect it because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is lame. But when you really look into it and see the small things that Cass and Enzo did, the tear, you know, mm-hmm. the, the saying at the end, him tossing the shirt. I think it worked. Now, here's my problem with this. What now? Well, yeah, that I don't know because this was something. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show, 
or if this was something I just spoke to Eck about on the phone. Um, I do think it was actually on the show. That the, the problem is, this is not like Marty and Sean, where it was like a fair fight. Uh, Cass obviously would destroy Enzo. Enzo really has no recourse here. So that's well, what I don't know. Well, in comparison, um, as much as Enzo has been the mouthpiece for their years together, uh, Enzo's obviously going to play the Marty role, where I I see this going to a one-match one storyline. I think they're going to have a match. I think Enzo's going to murder him. I think Enzo will disappear. I'm sorry, I, I don't know if I worded that right. I think Cass is going to murder Enzo. Yeah. Enzo is going to... I think the only thing that would be smart or logical is take him off of TV for a little bit. Cass will get a monster push as a heel, get pushed to another storyline, um, get pushed towards either an IC title or the Universal Championship at some point. I think that's the right way to go for him. He made it clear he wants WWE championships. Um, he clearly wants to be a singles competitor. Um there's no chance Enzo's going to beat him uh, when we bring up it being a fair fight. Um, Enzo has elsewhere he can go after this. <laughs> which, uh, you know, I do believe we will get to. Luckily for him. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be his only, his, his only saving grace. But ultimately, you guys both sold on what they, what they ultimately did in the way that they presented it. Yeah, uh, you know, the... the Actually, as, as cheesy as, uh, you know, Prep Matt uh, mentioned the packages being cheesy, I think there was a little more they could have put into it. But at the end of the day, I mean, I didn't hate it for what it was. Yeah, I, I liked it. Like I said, I thought the performances were great from everyone involved. I liked it. Corey Graves continues to be involved. He's the one who outed Cass. He had another segment with Angle where he's talking about, you know, what's going on behind the scenes with him. So I, I enjoyed that. Uh, we also had Seth Rollins being announced as the cover guy for 2K18. So does that mean he's the Universal Champion going into WrestleMania? Not a chance, but I did really like the commercial. Oh, the commercial was great, and that, that was more of a joke by me. Just neither <laughs> did, okay. did, didn't land for either either one of you two. Hey, I, got, I got dead silent. <laughs> Where is he going? What is he drinking? He's got some of that over. Yeah, I think uh, I, I did like the, the commercial. I thought it was great. I, I, I think it's just you know proof that he's, he's the man, and he's going to be a focal point of the company for years to come. Well, we all know that's how Triple H wants to look at it. Triple H is high on him. Um, you know, of current day superstars, he's, you know, you could be so rude to say top five if he's not, you know, in top three or top one. But he is one of the most important things on the WWE roster. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, if I could step in real quick. Mm-hmm. So if you go into that commercial, I don't know how you felt about it, but I tweeted, oh, my God, it made me miss heel Seth Rollins. So much. Oh, yeah, me too. Like it's a shame. slimy smirk he gave at the mm-hmm. end. I'm like, this dude needs to turn heel again. 
Yeah, I, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get it like anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, mean, I really don't think there's room even, for it. I was just going to say, I mean, bringing that up, if we're talking about um, Cass being a heel, at the same time, we're, you know, they're they're almost overdone. Or and I, I feel like they're they're overpopulated more heels than faces on Raw at the moment. I mean, you have the three original guys from the Shield and Balor. And I mean, they're your faces, and everyone else is a heel almost. Yeah. Um. Last, well, not the last thing from Raw, but Akira Tozawa gets a win over TJP. Titus Brand very involved in this match. He actually ring announces the match. Um, <laughs> hypes up Tazawa, trash talks Neville afterwards on behalf of Tazawa, says the Neville level is going to get annihilated by the power of Tazawa, and it looked to me like maybe Titus is actually winning Tazawa over. Am I wrong? Do you guys agree with that? I agree. I, can I just say again, I love the nut of the uh, Titus brand. Yes. I think they. I think he's doing better and better every week. Me too. I, I really enjoyed his contribution to the show. I really think the only thing better he could do is if he was, would have crossed Brand and uh, signed people in SmackDown. I mean, imagine if he had Ellsworth and the uh, women's money in the bank. Um, yeah, I would like to see him do that too. I think that would be really funny. Um, yeah, that that's actually was just a plug or me trolling him on Twitter for uh, <laughs> bashing Ellsworth and telling him he should co- co-brand. But but I love what they're doing. And I mean, speaking of co-branding, I mean he he's doing the co-branding thing by you know he's got himself and he's got Apollo in the main roster, and now he's going with Tazawa. I mean, I think the once he got involved with Two Hundred Five Live, I think that was leaps and bounds more than any of us expected he would mm-hmm. do. And, and I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. I'm really happy with it. I'm glad that it's... People seem to be responding to it also. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We have the, the Goldust R-Truth promos. There's a little bit of forward movement. I think they're actually going to be on Raw next week. So I don't know if they yeah. get a match at Great Balls of Fire or if that's going to be it. I don't know. But it looks like it's actually moving a little bit forward. Is this my favorite Goldust promo since he started these? I think so. <laughs> it was good. I, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing it. Um, and R-Truth is obviously going to come out on the losing end of this, but then he's hosting some type of original game show on WWE Network. So he's got something on the horizon for himself, too. Yep. I don't know when we're going to get this match, though. Uh, but that's it, unless anybody else has anything to add from either show. I think the match goes for Great Balls of Fire, for sure. Okay, so they confront each other next week, and then it's on the pay-per-view. Yes. Pre-show or main card? I hope main, main card. Main card, yeah, they deserve it. It, it could be the cooldown before uh, Joe and Proc, if you ask me. Yeah, you're right. That's not a bad idea. Um... All right, do we have any listener questions? We do. We have a, a few. Um, starting with um, one half of the big day, we mm-hmm. have a two-part question from Mr. 6'5". Mm-hmm. His uh, first question being, are you excited to see Enzo on 205 Live? Yeah. I am. Yeah, me too. I think, I think it's going to be good for the brand. Yeah, it gives uh, him a character. 
hundred percent agreeing. I mean, obviously, I I'm excited for it. I don't think it's not only going to be uh, giving it a character, but it's going to give us a, a reason to tune in. I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, whether complaining about Sasha being used on two or five or not, um, it gave it gave you a reason to care. Uh, past past you say you only watched it because you know you were going to be trolled that week, mm-hmm. but at, at the end of the day, you know. You, you weren't um, a freaking viewer of 205 Live. Um, if you liked Enzo and Cass as a tag team and if you favored Enzo, you're going to be interested in watching this. Um, look how many kids around the country and world. Um, I mean, Enzo posts it on social media every day. Mm-hmm. Him at the airport, at restaurants, meeting kids that are you know doing his full stick. Um, him doing that on 205 Live. 205 Live is having a hard time keeping people in the seat. Imagine how many more people are going to stay in the crowd to do a chant along with right. Enzo. See, now uh, that I, that I do agree with because he, he is a good, like a perfect fit for it. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. And as much as people will say he can't go in the ring, uh, I, I will firmly say he's not the person to dethrone Neville. But putting the title on him at some point is a smart move. Yeah, you don't think he's on the Neville level? I mean, he's nowhere near it. <laughs> uh, Prep, you you agreed as well, right? No, yeah, for sure. I think it'd be good for the brand. I'm just like, I mean, as much as I dislike Sasha being on there, it, it's going to bring more viewers to the product, especially kids. They love Enzo. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what else we got? So, uh, great friend of the show, uh, Mike Day Six Five, also asks: Will Braun ever be done with you? No, he never will, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> I will answer that with a um, with a song. Um, Roses are red, <laughs> violets are blue, and Braun's not finished with you. <laughs> so no i don't think he'll ever be uh finished with him no he won't um anything else uh last listener question before we get to overrated underrated we have um sean walker uh asking and i think this has been kind of a, a theme we've talked about multiple times on the show mm-hmm. he asks when if ever do we get the sister Abigail character coming to fruition. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say never. At this point, I don't think we ever get it. I'm yeah. Gonna... Whoop, sorry. No, you're, you're fine. I, I was going to dive in first. I was going to say I, I don't think it will ever happen. Um, I know personally it's, it seems that Bray has mentioned you know, he would like as a part of the Wyatt family to have his brother Bo be there. Mm-hmm. Um, if he did something with his brother, I could see it maybe coming to fruition. But at this point in time, I'm going to say we'll we'll never see a Sister Abigail character on WWE. I think it's it's something that's beyond dead in the water. Agree. Yeah, I think in in my eyes, when when the whole Randy Orton thing happened, I think they kind of killed our hopes of seeing a Sister Abigail by showing us that she burned or whatever happened. Yeah, I agree. He burned her ashes or whatever it was. Yeah, and that was the end of her. Yes. 
Um, any more questions? Uh, no more questions. We just got the uh, beloved uh, overrated, underrated segment. Well, I have one question from Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Live Alo Aaron Lloyd. Uh, with Jinder being the 50th WWE champion in history, who do you see being the next five WWE champions? Emphasis on not universal champion, meaning it is their first time holding the title. Um, I will go first. Ah, cheater. Um, only now I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I have I'm not good at this, um, and I have to sneeze too. Maybe the first time I ever sneezed on the show. Um, I I'm not good at this. Five is a lot because that that could be like two three years down the road that we get somebody who's like five people that have never held the title before. So the five people that came to my mind right away. Shinsuke Nakamura is going to hold it at some point soon. It will be his first time. Baron Corbin has the briefcase. He is going to get it. Uh, I think even if it's for one day, Sami Zayn is eventually going to get it. Kevin Owens is also going to get it, and Rusev. Those are my five. Now, I would say you guys don't have to give five, but if you have anybody else besides those five, who do you think is going to get that WWE Championship? I... I chimed together five, so I'm I'm gonna go with the five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Rusev's gonna get it, and I think that would make sense. Um, Sami Zayn didn't make my five, and I, I I sadly am just scared to death that WWE won't give it to him at some point. <laughs> um, Shinsuke Nakamura, I think that's you know an obvious. Um, a third being Baron Corbin. I think uh, a fourth is obviously going to be Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was adamantly proud about winning the Universal Championship, and he highly compared it to, in his opinion, that was the WWE Championship that Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that Bret Hart, that was the title that all three of those men held. Um, And then fifth, um, I I thought this was a gimme, um, and I I hope it happens. Um, He's... If not in his pride, or I'm sorry, his prime, he's passed it. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has never held the WWE Championship. He's held the World Championship. He has not held a Universal Title, so this is different. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, I do believe, deserves to put his name on the WWE Championship before he hangs his boots up. Yeah, you know what? And as much as I think it comes across like I don't like Dolph Ziggler, he obviously is a guy who has earned that. Um, I'll put it this way firmly. Um, my, my best friend started the question off with Jinder Mahal being the 50th different person to hold the WWE Championship. If he deserves to be in the top 50, Dolph Ziggler definitely deserves to be in there. He does. Uh, Prep, you have any names to add to the list? Yeah. Um, the only person that I didn't have on the list that you had mm-hmm. or the only person that I didn't have was Baron. Okay. And I I did have Luke Harper. I think oh, he nice. will be a champion soon enough. I would like to see him get there, too. Another guy who definitely deserves it. Uh, Former Eck, Intercontinental champion. Yeah, so it wouldn't even be his first title. Eck, I know you were about to introduce something before I asked that question. Oh, no, no, harm, no harm at all. Um, so we're going to go. I got three different segments for overrated, underrated. 
Um, I recently, or in one of our, I believe it was the last segment this was brought up, we talked about Raw and SmackDown main events. Mm-hmm. Well, these aren't always taking place on Raw and SmackDown, but uh, number one contender matches. Overrated, okay. underrated. I think they are... Huh, I'll, I'll go underrated only because I don't think they're utilized often enough. And I think even though we all obviously know this is not real competition, I like the idea of it being presented as real competition. So I like the idea of somebody having to earn their way to a title shot or earn their way into a tournament or whatever the case may be. So I'm going to say underrated. Prop? Yeah, in my eyes, it's underrated. I think we get the WWE trope for the, oh, this guy has a rematch clause. Mm -hmm. Um I'm over that, and I think they should go with, all right, you lost, moving on to the next person, like, right away. I get that they try to stretch out storylines, but just like this Jinder and Orton storyline, I'm already tired of it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right, what do you got next? Uh, well, I was gonna, I'm going to give my two cents on that. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot. <laughs> I, I, I do believe it is, a, it is an underrated um, match, or an underrated concept. I've made it clear in here before where I think that is something that should almost be discussed uh, every week at least in one faction or another I mean there's two women's championships there's two mid-card championships there's two tag titles Mm -hmm. there's two heavyweight titles there's also a cruiserweight and three titles or an NXT Um, there should be constantly talking about who's the number one contender Uh, if you talk about the WWE championship they're is no real number one contender. There's not a number one contender for the um, United States Championship. Dean Ambrose had his rematch, but there's not a number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. So who are those number one contenders, and why aren't people fighting for it? Yeah. Um, but Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel, Curtis Axel haven't been doing nothing in the back for weeks, but in weeks prior, why weren't they chiming to get there? Why are people that are in the back not talking to Kurt Angle, not talking to Shane McMahon or Daniel Bryan and saying, what can I do to be number one contender for this and that? And I do think if you look back, I mean, Money in the Bank briefcase ladder matches are number one contender matches, and some of those matches are phenomenal. And if you look at, you know, tag matches that have been taking place in the last decade or so, when they're fighting to be the number one contender, you usually see a lot more urgency from whether it be a team or a singles competitor. So I do think they are something that's overlooked, and they are definitely underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, for the next one, uh, Bailey's ring work. Underrated mm. or overrated? Oh, that's a tough first? one. Yeah, you can go first. Underrated. I think only because... I don't. I don't think everybody has seen her work on NXT, so they're just seeing the crap that's on the main roster that's not that good. But in my eyes, Bailey's top three women's worker in the company. Yeah, I'm also gonna say underrated, and I know that a lot of people may disagree with that. But I, I just keep going back to the first NXT show I saw, which, Eck, you were there with me. You were not familiar with much of that talent that was on that show yet. And I was not. Yeah, I was relatively familiar. And uh, Go ahead. 
you, you, I don't know. I was just going to say you chanted along with everything. Me and Laugh looked at you. <laughs> we, like you we, we didn't know what was going on, and you were you were right there with the stick. Yeah, I was familiar. I And Bailey, of those four women, was clearly in kind of the, the fourth one. Um, but then fast forward a year later, when I went to see them in Philadelphia for the, the second time they were here, and Bailey was almost like a whole new person. Like, her character had come to life so much. She had a lot more confidence out there. And there was a, there was a period there where I was like, I, I really felt like there was nobody who fired up quite like Bailey. Like, Bailey's comeback was as good as anybody's. And it's just unfortunate on the main roster, she hasn't gotten to show all that she's capable of, like a lot of these NXT talents. And so I will say for that reason, underrated. Well, I'm I'm gonna agree, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with the underrated. I don't think she's been booked properly ever since Battleground last year when she made the brief um, surprise mm-hmm. in being Sasha's tag partner. Um, I think her matches, or you know, as much as I think it was uh, Prep mentioned earlier, you know, her being, you know, um, Prep being bored when Bailey came out. Um, to, to make the save on Monday, you know, she came in there and she had the most, you know, explosive couple moves right there. Yeah. And I think it was just kind of like a, a brief moment to remind you, you know, she goes and she can, you know, lay someone out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to run there with that point alone that, you know, obviously she's underrated and I don't think she's been used to even half of her ability or the main roster. Right. Um, uh, yeah, what else we have? All right, so this is, um, I think, you know, uh, they, they say save the best for last. Uh, overrated, underrated, Mauro Ranallo. Um, I'm going to say... this again? No, I'm going to say overrated only because... That's not to say he's not good, because he is good. But I'll say overrated because I hear a lot of like JR comparisons with him. And I think he's overrated because people hate Michael Cole so much that it makes him look that much better by comparison. But I don't think he's in the conversation with JR. So I'll, while I like Morrow and I miss him on SmackDown, um, I would say he's overrated. I'm going to let Prep run with this. So. I'm a huge fan of Morrow, and I think that he is extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as as my fandom with him, it comes from MMA and his cause in New Japan, where wrestling is called like a sport. So yeah. I can see if people just listen to him in WWE, where they would think he was overrated, mm-hmm. because at times overproduced and. You know, he does have a shtick that people probably don't like. Yeah. I know him from the times, you know, calling MMA and boxing, so I do think he's underrated. Okay, Eck? All right, so I apologize for the rant mm-hmm. in advance. Um, I'm going to firmly say he is overrated. I, I think he's overrated boldly with... WWE fans or at least people that got used to him in WWE. I think again this is one of those things and this is 
a problem with uh, present day. Uh, it's social media that really makes me think he's extremely overrated. Uh, I know he's well known in the MMA you know, fandom. I know he's done things with New Japan and a few other uh, indie promotions, and they know him from calling pro wrestling in other circuits besides WWE. Um, my kind of issue with, you know, Ron, you use the exact words, you miss him on SmackDown. Um, I have a hard time missing something that I didn't, I, I didn't get overused to. I mm-hmm. mean, I, when the draft took off, I looked more forward to SmackDown than Raw, which I think we all will agree with. I think the majority of people listening to our show will agree with. Um, I enjoyed him calling the, you know, the commentary and the play-by-play for SmackDown, um, SmackDown Live pay-per-views and and the uh, Tuesday night show. However, my my big stick, whether it be you know, some issue that transpired between him and JBL. I, I don't think there was anything. Um, a big thing on why I think he's so overrated is the fact that whatever transpired is a majority of wrestling fans turned on JBL and, and WWE for whatever happened for him. Yeah. Um, I don't think as good as he was, and I'm not, I don't want to agree with the, the JR comparisons i don't think he was in the league where he should have been compared i do think he was good and obviously everyone hates michael cole and wants something different i mean i know when i look back from the seven years i stopped watching wwe and there's a handful of different commentators that went through whether it be you know matt striker uh matthews um there was someone else aside from joey styles that i think did a short run in ecw and there was a few people that went by, and I, in my opinion, they're all forgettable. And if I watch some old WWE stuff and I hear them, I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's forgettable. I think that we're going to look back, and you look back in a few years from now, and you'll see, you'll you'll hear Mauro Ronaldo, and you'll say, oh, this was a good period. I just, I don't think he was to be all, like, you look back at stuff from the 90s that JR was involved in. JR really made that stuff. I don't think it's going to be the, the same thing where you're going to be like, man, you know, th- that's what made that as good as it was. Yeah. Yeah, so we got two over, two under, two overrated, one underrated. Great, I'm a mark. <laughs> nothing, we're, we're all marks, so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so is that the show then? Yes, sir. Hey, well, until next week, the rumor has it that'll be the show. All right, so the show next week will be the show. Is that because Alo's back? No, that is the last thing on why that'll be it. (laughs) Well, I guess before we get out of here, the last thing I will say, I'll remind everyone once again, check out Falls Count Anywhere. Uh, Check out The Perfect Edge. Uh, Remind you once again, next week I will be guest hosting Falls Count Anywhere. Uh, if you listen to the show, if you like the show, go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It'll be a huge help to us. Uh, that's all we got for tonight. So for Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki, for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguia, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. 
tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans marking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.